Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. 30 seconds and counting. Astronauts report it feels good. T minus 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You're listening to It's Not Rocket Surgery on 98.9 Northwest SM. Hey, how you doing, Andrew? I'm good. Yourself? I'm good. You know, things change. You go away for one week. And then it's and all different. It's not a good week to give up glue sniffing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Sunday, 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 Sunday night. Sunday, the 20th of March. Where's yes. he gone? I know. I know. 2022. Uh, this uh, is episode 313 of uh, It's Not Rocket Surgery, Science, Technology, and Geek Culture. And the badness continues. Almost 10 years. <laughs> I know. Almost 10 Almost years. Almost there. Just, just around the corner. <laughs> Almost there. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, look. Yes, it's it's not rocket surgery, science, technology, and geek culture on this uh, 98.9 Northwest FM and in podcast form for people listening in the future. Good luck. We hope it's a better place. We hope, we hope, it's, we hope it's there. <laughs> You know, given our predictions last week. You know. uh, yeah. Anyone might have thought we were a little on the uh, dark and gloomy side. Yeah, look, I think we... Uh, I think we could have gone a lot darker. We're but a product of our environment. <laughs> but we are 80s children, so what can you yeah. expect? Look, we, we, we grew up with duck and cover and uh, That's right. the whole... If ever there was a generation ready to face the end of the world through mm-hmm. nuclear fire, yep. it's ours. Yep. Cold War babies. <laughs> That's you know. right. It's like the enemy. It was. It was uh, interesting. Gen Ys and millennials and various other naughty babies and yep. all that sort of stuff. Just naughty. duck in behind us and keep running. <laughs> <laughs> we got you covered. We got you covered. Uh, well, what we do have you covered for is all science, technology, and geek culture of the last week. Yes, um, and we've got which lots- strangely happens still it even does. in this era of madness. And unlike previous week, it's not all about the war. No, don't mention the war, but we will we'll mention the war. We'll touch on the war. We'll touch on the war. But uh, before we get, how how you been? Uh, it's been another week. I have uh, managed to sort out some things mm-hmm. up at my fo- at mum's place. Uh, managed to just otherwise chill and enjoy my uh, the continuing time off that I am taking. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, and obviously I caught up with you and a bunch of other people on Friday night for the first time in ages. Got over my uh, crowd hyper hyperventilating. That, that was interesting. <laughs> uh, hated the noise. Hated the darkness. You know, basically told everyone to get off my lawn. People bumping into you. People and look, uh, just uh, bring back social distancing. That's right. Bugger uh, off. <laughs> I want to choose the people I want to be close to the one point five meters. That's right. <laughs> But yes, that was. But it was great. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed getting together with friends, so that was nice. Um, just you know, sort of. It I think- felt like a kind of 
a, not not a return to how it was, but a return to how it kind of should be. Mm. Yes, but it's just going to take some getting yeah. used to for us. Yes. Uh, yes. So look, I mean, I had an interesting weekend. We do little athletics mm. and running around and shopping and you know the usual the madness. usual dinner. Caught up with uh, some some uh, West Indian friends who are here from Perth. Friends. Nice. So um, yes, it's uh, been been a good weekend. Um, getting tires replaced tomorrow. Woo. <laughs> Having done that recently, I'm like, yeah. I mean, it's good that you're doing it before winter because, mm. you know, uh, everyone, including myself, will be happy if whenever you want to go forward, yep. forward is the direction you're going. Mm. When you want to stop, yeah. stopping is the action that occurs. And both of those things require good tyres. I don't want Tokyo Drift in a, in a, in a uh, Kia Carnival. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but we're going on, on a on a drive next week. So, no show next week. Um, but in four new tires when we're going highway driving will not be, go amiss. Correct. Are you getting wheel alignments and balancing and stuff when that, you get them? That yeah, cool. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> well, I don't think it comes with where we're getting done because, but uh, we'll might organise that somewhere else. So. Yeah. All right. Um, but. We've got lots of stuff to talk about. Um, we do. If you want to join in the madness that will be episode 313, you can do so on Facebook and on Twitter at R-C-K-T-S-R-G-O-Y. That's Rocket Surgery, no vowels. Um, and the uh, at the usual socials, Facebook, Twitter, you know, Instagram. Uh, you can be like Maria is usually. Uh, unfortunately, Maria is in ISO. COVID. COVID. Mm-hmm. She got the Rona, she said before the show. She's posted. Mm-hmm. I so, hope uh, her isolation is not too boring. Yes. Because um, it's hard for it not to be boring. So, Maria, we hope you're feeling and better. And as short as possible. And if you mm. want to send in a request, you're more than welcome to. We we'll, will attempt to do our best. We will attempt to do our best. Cause, uh, as we both just turn to the system and look at it with trepidation and fear. They, uh, For people out there, they have updated Jazzler. So, people who have been listening the last few weeks have mm-hmm. heard the challenges of uh, me learning Jazzler. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just when I get used to it, and we am getting used to it, they've changed it to the up more recent version, the updated version of Jazzler, but uh, I have not got the uh, codes to the passwords to get in for me to make changes, queue que- up songs and stuff like that. So so this will be fun. It'll be all the songs from uh, my own personal laptop and uh, and hopefully the, uh, the, Inspiration the sweeps and uh, all the ads to, will come in. Yeah. Otherwise, I, I can't do anything. So we, and, and the Studio One has got the uh, spinning wheel of death. So. Yeah. We're stuck with what we cut. So it might be ad free. <laughs> oh, sorry. Station break free. We'll see. We'll, we'll see, see okay. what happens when, it, when, the, when it's supposed to pop up. Um, so some of the stories we've got uh, on the on queued up for tonight, we've got some space stories. Uh, what have we got in space? We've got the ISS, the whole... Uh, yellow and uh, blue and... Yellow and blue, the abandoned uh, abandonment of a NASA as- astronaut. Uh, we've got uh, some James Webb stories. We've got... Uh, um, uh, asteroid crashing into Earth. Uh, we've got tech stories. So we've got um, some hacking stories. We've mm-hmm. got uh, Tesla. Yep. So uh, hitting on all the highlights. Yeah. Um, we've got. Um, we've even got everyone's favorite movie villain, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. There's a couple of Elon Musk stories. Um, and in the biology stories, we've got uh, stories about magpies and, and octop- octopuses. Octopi. Octopods, um, Greenland sharks—you know all the all the classics—and and, and um, bringing animals back from extinction. There are a couple of stories yes. about that. So the whole kit and caboodle. So 
Um, I'm just keep looking up for a station break, and I don't even know it's going to pop up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it is uh, 11.38, 10.38. Where am I going? An hour gone. No, no. 10.38. You'll be happy when Daylight Savings goes back. I've got a Daylight and... Savings story. Cool. So, because uh, of America, they've... Uh, yeah, yeah, this, this weird idea of being permanently on Daylight Savings. It's, it's interesting. But only if you choose to. Only if you choose to. I think I think it's it's a unless it's a. I don't know that it, it like it's um, it's law law, although who knows? In, the, in their country, I've given up trying to follow how it works. The, the difference between state and federal law in terms of what happens, who has precedence, mm-hmm. who can tell who to go get. You know what it. Oh well, we'll we'll talk about that when we talk about the uh, the cool. miscellaneous stuff. So some of the miscellaneous stories at the uh, daylight savings in the US. We've got quantum hair. Quantum hair. Quantum hair. It's an interesting story. It's a, cool. Um, and we've got shoes in ha- inside the house. You know, and uh, uh, are there more doors or are there more wheels in the world? Have they made an, uh, a guess on this? Many people have made many guesses. My assumption is. Uh, wheels, I think. Wheels. Wheels was my assumption. Wheels. It all depends on what you define as a wheel, and it all depends know, on what you define as a door. But ultimately, uh, I'm not getting any younger, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm going to stick with my first impression. Yeah. And I'm going to nod in the direction of anyone who says different, and go, "That's your opinion, buddy." Okay. No, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, you're in, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Yeah. I have not the time, uh, energy, or inclination to convince someone I am right. Uh-huh. No, I'll listen to someone convince me I am wrong. Okay. No, we'll, we'll discuss it. And, uh, <laughs> but I'm happy to chat about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and minorities. Uh, well, you know, there's a whole gamut. Like I said, if you want to join in the madness that is, it will be episode 313. Mm. Um, please do on Facebook and on Twitter. Say hello. And uh, we should probably do a song. Hopefully the station breaks pop up. But otherwise, like I said, it might be station break free. We will um, do our best. We will do our best. Um, our Maria's, Maria's chimed in on Facebook. She's commented. Let me just go. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Yes, Spando Ballet. Right, so we'll, we'll find that. Gold. In, in, <laughs> gold. I always believe in you so. <laughs> I'll fly for you. Does it wash your house? You know. <laughs> we will. Spando Ballet will do much better with uh, I'll fly for you than we did for gold. Oh, yes. All right. So... Uh, Oh, let me just cue up a song from my selection. My, 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 my selection. My selection. That's the other thing I've discovered about the 80s. All of the songs I love are like, lots of them are filled with bad, 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 horrible male behavior. Oh, yeah. But I mean, it's not just the 80s. I mean, you go I know, I know. But some of those Christmas songs are terrible. You know. Um, all right, so let me cue this up, make sure I've got everything turned up and on. Keep putting that up. There we go. All right, so we'll do a song. Station Break might be added to the end of it if it pops up during wise. Otherwise, you know, it will be Station Break free. Go. I might have to contact the, uh, the the committee and see out how I log into this thing. <laughs> Maybe during the next song. Sounds all right, good. So we'll be back soon. Okay. Back. And we're back. Uh, There's a lot of bar this, humbugging going on at the moment. This not working as it should. And I'm, I'm pressing things and saying, I've got to enter the username. And then when I go, oh, forget it. I'm just going to hit this button here. And it's played the song I've been trying to add, add to the queue, the playlist. So, <laughs> But I cannot get it to play the ad, the station breaks. So so the trick is to play something other than what you want to play. And then it will play what you want to play. <sighs> yes, I don't know. 
<laughs> it shouldn't be called Jazzlet. It should be called Contrary. Uh, yes. Um, Mary, Mary, how contrary. What sets Northwest FM apart from... I've got no idea. I'll figure it out during the next song, maybe. That's right. At least we played a station we break. We did. We played a station break. All right. Uh, before that was uh, Everybody Wants to Rule the World by uh, Pomplamoose, the cover of the Tears ah, for very Fears nice. uh, cover, track. Yes. For a second of thinking, you were t- we were talking Spand Our Ballet for five seconds, mm. and then suddenly we're playing uh, Tears for Fears. You know, it's the same same era, mm. but, but I, you know, I, had it, I had it available. So No, no. Fair enough. Um, all right. So how about we do some of these? Uh, Let's do what we're paid for. Seeing as the technology is not behaving itself, I honestly don't know how this thing works. So I can delete that one that I accidentally played. <laughs> uh, all right. So some of these stories we got. Um, should we start with birds? Let's do it. Magpies. So I saw on um, the, so there was a New York New York New York Times, Times New York Times story about uh, Australia's cleverest bird, clever clever birds not consenting to the science experiment. So this is on the Varmints um, chat on Facebook. So okay, cool. Varmints, fellow members of the Podfix Network. Um, and go Varmints. Go, <laughs> go Varmints. They happen to beat us in the uh, the Podfix trivia. So no, no. It seems to be a trend. It is a trend, you know. We lead and then we get, yeah. Anyway. We open the door for people to come through. Please check out the uh, the Podfix uh, March Madness special on the Podfix Network. Um, but, but anyway, the Varmints, they know that they know their stuff. Um, and the, they posted this on on their uh, Facebook page. But this week, this is a story from about four weeks ago. But that was when we weren't actually doing a lot of shows because you know we're busy doing other things. So yeah. I missed. I completely missed this story. But basically, the story is about um, some science that was happening uh, in Brisbane. I think it was where uh, some uh, scientists attached tracking devices to five magpies, um, and within half an hour, uh, they one of the tracking devices had been removed by one of the other magpies. They said no sooner had they packed up all their equipment they're thinking because basically they they fit the the trackers the birds flew away they like under no sign of distress basically they seemed quite fine with the trackers they flew flew fine Um, but yes packed up their stuff and one of the trackers had been removed by a a good Samaritan magpie who basically found the one weakness in the tracking uh, harness and and pecked at it. And then within a day or two, all five had been removed by, by magpies. And Double I said, o. ah! <laughs> so basically they said, well, well, there goes that study. But actually they said this is actually only the That's second. That's even more fascinating than the first study. Correct. So this is only the second time they've seen such uh, altruistic behavior uh, amongst birds. Um, so the the first one you is, say altruism, I just say it was cult members, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> purifying. Their, well, see, uh, there's, no, there's nothing in the in the for the bird who removed the harness because I mean their harness is not removed or whatever. So um, usually they expect th- the something. bird or an animal to try to remove it themselves if it if it uh, it bothers them. But no, this is actually cooperation and, uh, and birds of a feather, man. Birds <laughs> birds working together. It's, it, it's, it reminds me of. Um, Jurassic Park with the Velociraptors. Mm. Clever girl. That's the thing. I mean, we, we the more we interact, I think, with our fellow beings on this planet, mm-hmm. the more I think we realize that our assumption that we're the smartest things going could definitely stand some review. Yes. And while... Um, not every bird is going to be as clever as um, as this. 
the fact that this behavior even occurs at all, you know, at, at, <laughs> at least we'll know when, when, when the apocalypse strikes and we're struck from the earth that there's plenty of species that uh, in a few hundred thousand years might have another shot at, <laughs> you know, yeah. taken over. Correct. I mean, and, it's, and that's, I mean, I think the, there are a lot, there's lots of evidence to show that intelligence isn't a, a human-only trait. Um, the thing that worries me is that because we're coming from a culture that tends to look down on everything else, mm-hmm. it's like, hmm, oh, uh, let's study your culture and try and work out um, how it works and let's teach you our language so that we can communicate with you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And so we, we're kind of coming from a uh, very self-centric uh, standpoint and we assume that our initial assessments of creatures or of other people even are correct until it's pointed out that we're wrong. Yep. Usually through someone going, uh, you know, I'm perfectly capable of understanding your <laughs> uh, monkey speech and... Uh, I just want to tell you that uh, I've read some of your initial thoughts about us and uh, you might want to revisit them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because uh, they're the ones that go to the trouble of learning our language, for example, or uh, not that birds are going to that trouble, but certainly uh, when we've met, uh, when our culture has met other cultures, yep. human cultures, the expectation has usually been that we will teach them our language mm-hmm. as opposed to we'll study their language and learn it. Yep. I mean, there are the rare humans who try and learn other cultures and other mm-hmm. languages, but usually it's the reverse. Yeah, well, and it comes from this idea that I am better than everybody else. I, obviously, otherwise I wouldn't be able They'd to be civilizing that's us. Right, that's right. <laughs> and so um, once you take that to other species, mm-hmm. it's almost like, oh, look, they can do sign language. Oh, look, they can uh, operate yeah, mm. machinery and stuff. How excellent. Mm. Oh, there's altruism there. There's 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 all these. I mean, they're, they're so human. It's the anthropomorphizing. Absolutely. Now, admittedly, I would, uh, and this is about me about to step on my own um, statements of five seconds ago, of you know, a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we two, two two traits that tend to define us are our verbal traits and our tool making Mm -hmm. in terms of adaptive hands. Um, I don't necessarily believe that uh, whether anyone's capable Mm -hmm. of developing super rich communication nor of having uh, technology that suits our opposable thumbs. Um, But at the same time, uh, we've definitely, from our own studies, have demonstrated that that has definitely been a fast track to increased intelligence, increased capacity to interact with the world, yep. that we do these things. So when we discover other species that can actually communicate in a far richer mm-hmm. vein than we originally thought or are capable of, funnily enough, not just operating tools that we show them, but making their own decisions to achieve their own outcomes yep. in a social setting that we can only describe as altruistic. Mm-hmm. These are things I think that uh, are both 
rich areas for us to do further research in. Yep. Which is always exciting. Mm-hmm. At the same time, should make us have a look at ourselves with a little more humility and go, yeah. we're not as special as we think. Mm-hmm. So, we should start acting accordingly. Yes. You know, with gratitude and humility towards the world rather than a sense of expectation and ownership. Yep. You know, even beyond what we used to be called, you know, noblesse oblige, the, you know, looking after the lesser folk because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what us oh, yeah, good yes. folks yeah. do. Um, still had a, you know- rampaging center of privilege mm-hmm. built around it. Um, again, the uh, I, I like the idea of stewards mm-hmm. more than owners. Um, stewards have an obligation to look after yep. what they have stewardship of, and I think that's where we should more, particularly in the current day, yes, where it seems like uh, all it takes to plunge the world into fairly dark times is one person's sense of privilege superiority. and superiority. Yeah. So up against other people's senses of yep. privilege and superiority. So um, so this New York Times article not only talks about the uh, the magpie's abilities to remove harnesses, um, also talks about some of their other um, abilities. Basically their 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 coral uh, exp- their their vast choral uh, repertoire, um, ability to make uh, sing songs, uh, quite complex songs with other magpies without any mis- mistakes. Um, they talk about uh, their ability to mem- uh, remember. Um, to to So basically, if you mistreat any magpie, they will not forget. <laughs> and they all have the ability to generalize. So basically, if they've been harassed by 10-year-olds throwing sticks and chasing them, they will generalize that all 10-year-olds are assholes and will we'll harass attract, them. Will uh, attract, uh, behave accordingly. Yeah, so that swooping that, swooping that everyone goes through during the, the swooping season here in Melbourne and mm. throughout the, the country, because um, they, they cover like 90-something percent of the of the Australian, um, Australia, you can find magpies. Mm. Um, but swooping, they will, if they do not perceive you as a threat, they will not swoop. No. Um, so if they are, are familiar with you, you're in the area and you've never actually been a threat to these magpies, they will not swoop you. So it's like usually un- unknown visitors or, or people who are transgressing the territory. I'm trying to remember, was it on this show where, um, I think it was a flock of crows. Yeah. Yeah, where they were fed and looked after by this mm-hmm. uh, elderly community. Yep. And then when one of the elderly community slipped and fell, mm-hmm. suddenly it's like it's almost like, oh, you're part of the group. Yep. You're hurt. Uh, hey, hello. Yep. You know, we need to bring attention here. Yep. And and there's there's evidence of, of crows and, and uh, the article mentions it, but basically them the that good uh, um, the the good aspects of it is if you feed if you feed these birds, they will actually Tell other birds who aren't necessarily in in the community that and that you are a good person. You are a good person. So and there was I think we spoke about crows who um, where um, a, a crow would fly alongside this car because and it was a different crow in a different area and but th- this crow knew that he, this was a crow feeder. Yep. and he would and uh, thus was after. monitored. That's correct. So it is it is quite, uh, quite. It makes it makes you wonder if we're actually closer to a breakthrough in communication than we realize. You know what I mean? It's yeah. almost like. It's like, yeah, uh-huh. it's almost like the the crows and the the other birds and and other animals are just going. Look, the moment these poor, poor, <laughs> pathetic creatures finally develop the capacity to communicate yep. with us, 
Oh, that would, like we won't have to worry about aliens. They're not stupid. Like, they're just a little bit slow. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. This, I'm talking about they, the, they have the so human. much. We have so much hope for their future yeah. if they could just grow up. Well, there was, I mean, it's not on the list, but there was, that reminds me of the story where the scientists believe they've decoded uh, um, communications with pigs, so being able to identify certain grunts and squeals with mm. certain certain aspects. So, I mean, we're getting smarter, humans. That is. So, us. Go on. I was just going to say, and also if you look at the number of creatures that we tend to hate mm-hmm. because of they're always around us and not in a good way, yep. we fail to appreciate these are the winners. Mm-hmm. These are the ones who said, you know what? If I don't kill them mm-hmm. much <laughs> and if I just hang around and feed off their crap, yep. I'm, I'm a, I've got the easy life yeah. for ages. Yeah. And these creatures have adapted to us so well that we hate them. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like, how dare you know us better than we know ourselves? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like all of the biggest threats to us have, have worked out stuff about our own system that mm-hmm. we are only now discovering, mm-hmm. you know, and that always fascinates me. If, if, if I was going to study, um, if I was ever to be an anthropologist, Specifically in, sorry, not anthropologist. Uh, if I was going to study animals mm-hmm. and in particular different kinds of animals, um, that's the focus that I would like to explore. I mean, it's terribly still still, still self centric, yeah. But at the same time, that's how we learn. Mm-hmm. You know, as babies, it's like, what does this taste like to me? Yep. <laughs> I'm oh, going to put right. my foot in my yeah. mouth after I've stepped in something and find out <laughs> what it is. <laughs> nice <laughs> It's not always a great idea no. You know Occasionally this large Tall shrieking being uh, You know Tries to make me do something different Yep And they're sometimes right mm-hmm. But you know mm-hmm. In the main Yep Yeah Oh All good Alright uh, Moving on To other animal stories Um Octopi. So octopuses Octopus brains Basically are more uh, More complex But basically <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> so, and nobody knew why octopuses, octopods, you know, are so intelligent. They've dis- displayed many signs of intelligence. Their escape ability. mostly getting away from getting, us. I yeah, suspect that's is that's the, right. the primary. But, I mean, case. but using tools, so they've seen um, octopuses battle with tools, um, sheltering, um, hiding, um, fighting, fighting. So there's a lot of evidence of of smart. Octopods. And it shows you that you don't need to have four fingers and a thumb in order to be able to use a tool. No. Well, you know, I got the eight legs and it's, I mean, and one of them's, you know, their sex leg. Um, but dude. But, so, but, so this story on IFL Science basically talks about the micro RNA. So M-I-R-N-A. Um, basically, previously known as junk science. Mm-hmm. Uh, junk DNA. Yeah. Um, well, to be fair to the people who call the junk DNA, even they knew it wasn't junk yeah, DNA. But they they just said... It doesn't seem to have an obvious primary function. Yes. So, uh, so um, some researchers have shown that um, the major RNA innovation in soft-bodied cephalopods is a massive expansion on the microRNA repertoire. The only comparable microRNA expansions um, happen strikingly in vertebrates. Thus, we propose that microRNAs are intimately uh, intimate, in- Intimately. Thank you. Uh, linked to the evolution of complex brain animals. So basically, um, and then they compare um, the, like, just regular RNA um, and, and DNA, um, and there's not much difference between non-intelligent animals. Uh, like um, They compare the octopuses, octopuses with uh, other 
marine creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not much difference, but when you look at the vast differences in the microRNA, there's, and I think, well, this is probably the reason. So makes you wonder, like, um, if this is the like the entrepreneurial fail fast parts of your DNA. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I, I um, to drag this slightly sideways, um, I've been 3D printing stuff for my sister this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's really starting to increase the complexity of her designs. Okay. And I've said to her, because she sometimes reaches that point where she's not sure which way to progress. And I'm like, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is you want to try an idea, print it, see if it works, try another idea, see if that works, pick the best one of the two, and then iterate to the next you know, design. Yep. Because the time you spend wondering what your next step should be sometimes is better spent analyzing what step you've taken. Yep. Particularly if there's no risk to you going down one path or another. The only time you really want to spend time doing path analysis is when the consequences of choosing the path are significant mm-hmm. and you can't backtrack. Yes. Or at least not without significant mm-hmm. effort. For prototyping, this like minor oh. R- D- R- DNA type mm-hmm. or RNA type uh, componentry, it's like, eh, you know, maybe this, maybe that, maybe this other thing. Let's try this. Let's try that. And that's the fail fast, fail often. So until eventually, just through the massive number of iterations mm-hmm. you go through, you suddenly go, that works. We're keeping that. We're yep. building on that. Yeah. And look, I mean, there are risks to doing that in terms of you might find yourself in a local maximum or- True. Um, true. Which might not be the optimal thing, but then you But can then actually- again, I mean, satisfac- satisficing is a criteria. Yes. And if you're at a local maximum that gets you over the line- Correct. It may not be the per- perfect design. Correct. But do you really want to spend energy perfecting something that doesn't need it? Correct. And, and when you're in that max, like local maximum, that suffices for now. You can actually might have the time then to to look for an optimal solution. Exactly. So, um, all right. So some other stories. Uh, keeping on animals, um, uh, the Greenland shark. So a Greenland shark um, basically was washed had washed up on the uh, beach in the UK. Yep. Only the second uh, documented uh, um, Greenland shark that they've got a body of. Correct. Um, th- the thing is that somebody found it and said, oh, look, good news, found the Greenland shark. And uh, he went off to tell the uh, the appropriate authorities and uh, went back to the, the site of the Greenland shark and was gone. So the tide had come in and washed it away. Within 24 hours, they'd located the the the, uh, the body. Um, they recovered it, and they, it's gone to the uh, um, the appropriate museum, um, along with a whole heap of other things. So the Zoological Society of London, um, and they've put it basically in alcohol, and they're going to autopsy it to to, to 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 study what happened to it. So, but these things last for like uh, been known to la- live for like over 100 years. Some some of them as much as 400 years. And mm. um, basically, they've got anti anti-freezes blood we've mentioned them on the on the on the show in the past so it's always interesting to see how another creature solves life's little challenges mm-hmm. and lasts a long time yeah so and it's and that's the thing so there's no cases of uh of um cancer in these animals and and so but they think maybe because the the cells take so long to regenerate yeah. and to uh, um, cover so basically there's um the last Found a uh, Greenland shark was found back in 2013. So makes you wonder. I mean, and this is my pure speculation here. Um, I don't know any, whether this is true or not in any way, shape, or form, but it makes you wonder whether that was the first shark mm-hmm. or like a current representation of the first shark yes. that just never 
evolved out of being what it was. Well, they say this is a prehistoric... Um, and that all modern sharks are kind of like uh, more hyper-changing variables. Yeah. That, you know, so they may not be as good, but they're more optimised for other things. Quite, look, I mean, quite possibly so. But it's like, because they live in the Arctic around Greenland, it's very cold, so there's a, there's a the harsh environment. If you can survive, it can help shield you from a lot of things Correct. too. It's like bottom of the ocean fish. Not a lot of predators up there because, you know. It's cold, it's man. It's cold. <laughs> Even polar bears can't rip you out of the water. True. Uh, so what else we got in animals? Uh, so it is it is uh, six past eleven. Um, the white, two white rhinos. We mentioned the two white rhinos in the past. You know, yep. When when Sudan passed away, the mm. last male white rhino. Yep. Um, when we spoke about the wide eyed, wide mouth rhino. Yep. Um, so they actually think that they could um, use artificial eggs to. Uh, Keep the species alive. So both because both of these are female uh, rhinos related, not a lot of uh, not a lot of genetic, genetic diversity, diversity, and certainly no males. So no. So um, scientists are a step closer to creating artificial rhino eggs in an attempt to save the critically endangered northern white rhino from extinction. So well, that's the interesting thing too, because I mean, there's been articles at the moment talking about, and I think you've got a link at some point somewhere about the dodo. And, yeah, yeah, and, and, and the idea the, of. The, Tasmanian tiger, I think. Yeah, same thing. Where yeah. this idea of um, now, true, this is once again popular media reporting mm-hmm. on speculative science. Yep. But if the idea becomes valid and viable, mm-hmm. that you can uh, potentially repopulate the world with some species. Yep. Well, at the very least, you can uh, defend the current species we have from our own impacts. It's, it's, it's kind of like we're trying to work out ways of removing ourselves from the equation. Like if humans weren't here, mm-hmm. what would this population size look like? Yep. And being able to potentially uh, restore or uh, revert the yes. uh, decline. And I guess that, I mean, it is good to see that scientists are trying to undo some of the uh, the negatives that science and humanity in general has done in the past. So, like, if if there are opportunities to to reverse that clock a little bit, it, it behooves us to actually um, do some research in that area and and perhaps restore some uh, species and and uh, diversity in the globe that is. Uh, well, again, this is the whole. Um even when they've been able to restore things like uh, wolves into wildlife mm-hmm. areas, yeah. and suddenly there's a massive change in stability for the for the local population. Because, ironically enough, uh, the wolves were cutting down what were the, for want of a better term, the alpha predators yep. against everything else. Mm-hmm. And so once they started to get culled back, well, things that were being ripped apart because of the the deer and yep. other creatures that the wolves were taking out suddenly could regrow and mm-hmm. restore their numbers and 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 you know changing the uh, the banks yep. to you know have that um, not wildlife but certainly plant life yeah so that the- then restored the stability of the banks and then brought you know changes to the water and it, it finds a balance the the ecosystem finds a balance which is more more like what it used to be so um, so fewer herbivores so less damage to the banks there's greater diversity of plant life etc so basically that the, the the, the ecosystem is not under the same stress it was so it's why ultimately I don't have a problem with uh, science that looks at you know, either replacing meat protein with plant protein mm-hmm. 
in similar forms to what you would normally see. Yep. Or, uh, you know, vat-grown meat protein yep. to achieve the same effect. Kind of like we need to learn how to extract ourselves out of the world a yeah. little. But the, but the problem with some of those things is the promise is that they are, they are less uh, damaging to the, the ecosystem. We're in, like if you talk about soy, soy is a monoculture which actually has a huge... Uh, footprint uh, and a lot of negative effects in terms of true the- but then again this is we're talking about um, early days say for example of uh, renewable energy mm-hmm. there's a lot of materials used in renewable Correct. energy that kind of suck yeah. when it comes to the environment and so but until you start exploring down those paths you won't solve those problems and you'll be stuck with your old problems Correct. and yeah, yeah. You know, and that can make a big difference. I agree. Uh, so, Reg has chimed in. Hello, Reg. Uh, she said, nice, rare that I like covers, but that was quite enjoyable, referring to Pomplamoose's uh, yep. cover, cover. of Everyone Wants to Rule the Correct. World. Correct. And she, uh, she's also said that acting with a healthy dose of gratitude and humali- humanity. Uh, she said, thank you all for uh, articulating these sentiments. Thank you. So uh, I think we should probably do another song. Um, it has not popped up, you know. Uh, look, I'll, I'll figure this out. I will figure this out <laughs> at some stage. You know. Hey, it's 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 kind of like we're returning to our roots. <laughs> our roots. Um, so, station break uh, song. Which we'll play um, Maria's request, yep. and then we'll be back in a little while. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this manually the way I'd accidentally did before. So huh. this is gonna be a bit uh, commercial. Your micro RNA is oh, yeah. learning. <laughs> so we'll be back in a little while. And we're oh, back. back. <laughs> yes. It was a Spandau Ballet. Blah, 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 blah. Spandau Ballet for Maria. I'll, yes. I'll fly for you. And three times for... <laughs> uh, look, I, uh, it's like the early days. It's awesome. A board. Like a homage. Uh, yes, it is. Like a it cheese. Is, it is terrible. <laughs> All right. I'll, uh, I'll you know, I don't, I don't think I'll get a figure. I'm going to have to ask somebody how to use this. I'll be fine. Technology. We'll get it right. We'll get it right. Um, all right. So, what else we got? We got some more biology stories. Um, I did read the article: the surprising link between daytime naps and mm. cognitive decline. And I said, "That's rubbish." It's rubbish, <laughs> as in because I do it. You're a napper. <laughs> I'm a napper. Yeah. I'm not about to slip into cognitive decline. <laughs> the whole point, I think, is that it's a correlation, not a causation. Not a co- not a causation yet. No, they themselves are happy to say, "Look, it's correlation," but it may be. If it triggers you to have a discussion with your doctor mm-hmm. about getting properly checked out, yep. then that's not a bad thing. Yeah. So, and they do talk about the amount of time you nap. Uh huh. You know, some some elements of napping are really good, but once you start pushing past an hour or two, it starts to potentially disrupt your sleep cycles, mm-hmm. which I can attest to, and uh, that in and of itself can be bad for you but they're also talking about this other causality sorry this other uh, correlation link between mm-hmm. it and dementia but i think i think largely if you if you think logically about this it's, it all depends on what you're doing so if you've been like working the garden like crazy and you're in your late 40s or early 50s you're kind of tired it's tired, kind of tired <laughs> that's right. so and it's at your level of fitness um so if that's the case but if if you have are having needing regular naps all the time then i think it it warrants having a discussion to see whether there's uh something i mean to- i enjoy napping like uh, sometimes, but I think for me, um, and this is just you know, mm-hmm. yet another di- diversion into the world of wall. Um, 
my eyesight has a big impact here. Uh-huh. So as my glasses require, you know, my, my prescription requires renewing and I get a better pair of glasses, um, that cuts down on my need to nap because my eyes aren't as tired. Mm-hmm. Whereas, at particularly at the moment, I remember a few years ago, before I got these glasses, I was heavily into needing naps and it was just literally eye-based. Yeah. Like my eyes were so sore that um, if I didn't close them for a period of time, I wouldn't be able to get through the day. And and there's that mental fatigue that's associated with having to think and, and strain and- And strain through to read through, you know- Defective eyewear. Uh, so Maria's chimed in on Facebook saying, "Thank you so much for the my song, and it's been a very insightful, deep show tonight." Oh, cool! Thank you, thank you, Maria. I'm glad you're enjoying. It. Yes. All right. Um, so yes. All right. So if you're napping too much, go, see go your check your doctor for early <laughs> signs of dementia. Correct. Uh, what else? So there were some other stories. So we got the uh, fanged skull of an ancient predatory whale found in Peru. Peru is nowhere near. Well. The desert world found isn't it? Yeah. But back when but I it think was- we all know these days, it's like it's it's not a uh, a revelation or a shock yep. to discover that, for example, Saudi Arabia has lots and lots of mm. canals. Yes, sorry, the remnants of canals, mm-hmm. um, indicating, funnily enough, once to, upon a time, a long time ago, that entire band, yep. you know, the Sahara mm-hmm. and into Saudi Arabia and all of the Arabian Peninsula was quite green. Yes, <laughs> yep, <laughs> you know. Climate change, people. <laughs> <laughs> so, but this uh, Peruvian, the skull found in, in Peru basically is a predatory whale. Um, they think it was, the waters were quite warm, uh, tropical, and uh, they, they say that this thing, uh, entire skull intact, all the teeth. Cool. So, uh, and they think this is um, the most pristine uh, sample of this uh, species of whale. Um, which uh, they found they one other um, example of this whale, but they think this might be a, a slightly different species. So, um, another Always story. fascinating. Yeah. Uh, another story was the story about the uh, genome mapping um, to possibly bring them back to dodo. Mm-hmm. Um, some challenges with the dodo because birds are hard. So, um, they. Well, as we're suddenly discovering, a lot of creatures that we thought we understood. Yeah. Turn out to be not so, not so, yeah. So, and birds in particular, because they occupy a weird, a weird place in the evolutionary mm-hmm. pipeline. I mean, their ancestors and lizard ancestors may have been the same. Yep, but that doesn't mean that. Uh, it's not like lizards evolved from birds, and it's not like birds evolved from lizards. No, they're their own creature, mm-hmm. and. So yeah, I mean, so this story mentions a lot of the uh, other things, like the woolly mammoth, the, the tiger, uh, Tasmanian tiger that we mm. mentioned before. Um, so they're saying, oh, because they've got lots of, uh, got a, they have a lot more dodo than they have of woolly correct. mammoth or correct. Uh, um, but the thing is, so even if they're able to extract DNA from the, the samples they've got, um, even the, some of the the better preserved ones, um, and get a complete DNA map. Um, because of the differences between birds and mammals, it would be different because of their uh, difficulties with their reproductive pathways and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but you know they're trying. It's, mm-hmm. that, it is part of their uh, their um, efforts to uh, use technology to. It would be nice occasionally to think that we can reverse, actually genuinely reverse the damage we've done. De-extinction. Yeah. Um, the largest potato. 
There was a story yeah. story about a large potato. I think it was in Tasmania um, or New Zealand. I remember seeing it on the, on the news. New yeah. Zealand, Hamilton, New Zealand, uh, largest potato in the world. Um, Guinness basically Guinness World Records did a Went DNA had a look. did an A test and decided no, it's not a potato. It's actually a, um, a gourd. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so this was 7.8 kilos. Is it a big starchy fruit that grows in the ground? Sorry, yeah. a, star- a starchy uh, bulb that grows in the ground. Isn't that a potato? <laughs> uh, not, not, not all gourds are potatoes. So um, so it's not actually a potato that uh, found... What happens when you turn it into chips? Uh, probably delicious. I don't know. Then <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so it was... A- Someone extract the DNA from it and then turn it into chips. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, look, I mean, they could find find a new source of uh, of of food. Huh? It's huge, seven point eight kilo. I, I, I kind of hope that one day we will evolve scientifically into what was a terrible racial stereotype of the Japanese tourist. Mm-hmm. And apologies for touching on this stereotype, but the idea that take a photo of everything. Uh, Everything you discover that's new, basically collect data, no matter how unimportant it appears to be. Yep. Just because you just never know. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and and having that relentless. I mean, it's kind of like you 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 want to train your scientists to be like ten year olds. Yep. Or better yet, teach ten year olds how to do science properly and uh, unleash them on the world, and you'll solve half your problems right there and then because they'll go everywhere. They'll collect anything you want them to collect. They'll log it. They love this stuff. You know, why is it that kids love dinosaurs more than any other age group? Because it's and, – and, and, and can remember the detail. Yep. You know, I was one of those kids and uh, I can't remember a single thing. Or at least, uh, to be fair, you know, uh, paleontology has changed a lot since when I was a child. Well, you know, it's, it's been yeah. a long time. Yeah. You, you yourself are now a dinosaur. That is true. <laughs> and at some stage, I'm sure I'll be trapped in amber <laughs> or trapped in a tar pit. Has anyone told amber? <laughs> and then someone in 100 million, time, 100 million years' time will extract me out of the ground. And, All right. You know, and I'll be like perfectly preserved going... Uh, speaking of large vegetables, <laughs> um, um, I went to my folks' place yesterday and picked up some tomatoes that they grew in the garden. One of them was like over a kilo, one wow. kilo tomato. It was a, That's a, insane. Amazing. So, How did it taste? I haven't eaten it yet. So I took it home. I'll eat data, it. man, data. <laughs> Look, the, the ones we got from them last week were amazing. Like it, a homegrown tomato, it's not the freaking the- plastic that you get in... In the sh- well, they sacrifice everything for color and size. Yep. Now, if yep. you get color and size, mm. congratulations, wonderful. But if you're growing to optimize just those two, yep. then forget about flavor, forget mm. about taste. Yeah. You know, I used to hate tomatoes, but done properly, tomatoes good are tomato, really nice. Yeah. Anyway, it's sh- and in any kind of salad uh, or vegetable mix, they're a beautiful, savory mm-hmm. flavor. In what's otherwise a fairly watery. Well, we got so many we can't eat them all fresh because they're because I mean, they're picked ripe. Uh, they won't last too long. No. So there's going to be a nice <laughs> relish made out of whatever we can't eat in the next couple of days. Uh, one final story in biology before we do a station break and song because it's almost eleven thirty, ten thirty, eleven thirty. Jeez, almost an hour gone. Um, uh, <laughs> Back forward, poo doses. Forward. Yes. What is this? 
So basically, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming this isn't a uh, one of those dodgy stories. There's actually some science. So there, there is some science. So basically, um, they're talking about the possibility uh, of uh, using um, poo transplants mm-hmm. um, to what get stomach to, enzymes and yeah. So basically, uh, repopulate the um, biome, uh, the gut biome, um, to with good get a proper balance. Um, to uh, help with uh, some mental illnesses such as bipolar bipolar disorder and uh, and schizophrenia. See, normally I think that sounds like rubbish um, because you go, well, how do how can your gut health dictate yeah. your mental health? And that that story does talk about it. So basically, it, it talks about how um, the bio, the uh, bacteria in your uh, system, stomach and colon, um, actually. Uh, interact with the cell walls, basically the stomach, and and there is uh, there are more or as many um, uh, neurons in that area. So it's like a second brain. Yeah. Um, so uh, a lot of the um, um, yeah. So there are a lot of signals going to the brain from that part of the body, and I think that this could be that mechanism. The that. That would be really cool if it's like if they can demonstrate that more than just speculation, but actually, yeah, a causal a causal link. It gives a whole new set of treatments as options for people who suffer from these. Correct. Now these are very small. Like uh, it's still in the anecdotal mm. range because I haven't done too many of these. But um, so. Uh, and so, we're not talking about getting people to eat their own poo or someone else's. No, poo. no, no. We're so, talking about something that's extracted and purified and filtered. Correct. And and, and so that this story does actually say, do not try this at home. Um, there have been stories of people. This is not at ivermectin. <laughs> so there there have been stories of people like who have uh, so some musician who who got a poo transplant from a roadie. So basically using an enema. Um, this can be done through as an enema type um, procedure or through capsules, so basically swallowing it and getting the bacteria in there. But they say this has to it be done. You very, have to be very, very careful wrong, about very who quickly. you take the transplant from. So that, But they have said that there have been cases of somebody who, who bipolar disorder who has had um, a poo transplant and um, has uh, basically all symptoms um, completely, gone. completely gone and similar with uh, um, somebody who had a uh, psychosis um so uh, yeah. So again, Look, again, um, it's very easy in this world to poo-poo anything that you don't understand. No poo-poo. pun intended. Uh-huh. Um, but I think in this instance, uh, an open mind is helpful. Mm-hmm. And uh, as much as we may think, oh, why would you do that? It's like, well, if you know anything about pharmacology, yep. you would realize uh, you probably don't want to know where a lot of uh, original versions of things came from. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know. So uh, and and they've worked very successfully in Western medicine for many years, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. So and potentially a lot of Eastern medicine may not necessarily come in poo in poo form or pill form. <laughs> pill form was what I was going to say. Yeah. But same idea. But they say they say a lot of the. I mean, a, a child gets a lot of their gut biome from the, the from their mother, like during childbirth and and in the, those initial stages. So it's again, it's a rich, rich, rich world we can explore and. Yeah, precisely. Yes. All right. So that, and that's all the biology stories. Um, well, park, park that bus. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> we are running out of time, so I won't talk about the dark empaths. So no, no, no. For I, that was a bit, yeah. Mm. Uh, so we can move into space. What do you reckon? Space? 
After the break or after, before? We'll, do a, we'll have a break. Because we can determine now when we have a break. We can too. So you might as well do it now. I will, I will try to do this again. I'll, I'll play at least one station break. <laughs> it will probably be 98.9 Northwest <laughs> FM. But if you hear it three times, uh, just be happy that you can hear a, a, broke, a, a break at all. I broke. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then we'll I'll play a song and then we'll be back in a little while. So. Yes. <sighs> still working it. Still working it. No, you know, you know, it's, you know it's, it's a work in progress. Work so it, baby, work it. You just do that <laughs> and I'll turn this on and then I'll, we'll do this again. So we'll go bang. And we're back. The applause was not ours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was Subwoofer with Give the Wolf a Banana. Or Banana. So, yes, Norway's entry for... No subtext uh, required. <laughs> no. If, <laughs> before that wolf eats your grandma, give that wolf, wolf a banana. A banana. Uh, um, so, Michelle's chimed in about our previous station break. Same ad three times, you hack. <laughs> Thank you, darling. So, I, it's it's a technolo- technological challenge we're having tonight. Look, so. this is how we continue to evolve as old people. We are doing the best we can. It is eleven thirty-seven here on eight point nine Northwest FM. Science, technology, and geek culture on on this uh, beautiful Sunday night, twentieth of March, twenty twenty-two. Actually, do you know how many times it's just been you and I in the studio? How many times? This is our seventy-second time. It was like two of us, not quite about a quarter. Yeah, <laughs> so, which and most of those would have been in the early. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, but I was, I was curious. I go, well, it's just anyway. So the next, just the two of us. The, the uh, next closest is uh, you, me, and Tony with uh, fifty-six. Okay, well, there so, you go. But uh, all right, um, enough. Uh, Inside baseball. <laughs> uh, nat- uh, we're into ru- space. But we're into space. Oh, turn that off. Uh, space. Uh, Russia promises it won't leave the US uh, astronaut stranded in- on the ISS. So, And this is the weird thing. And, and, and I mean, not to drag a story that, about space into a talk about the war, but mm-hmm. the idea that... Um, it's interesting to watch two very different dynamics playing out here. Mm-hmm. One is there's a a push, if not necessarily for escalation, but certainly um, there are people who want a permanent change after this. Yep. Not necessarily the same changes, mm-hmm. but certainly there are people who are pushing for a permanent change. And at the same time, at the other end of the spectrum, there are people who are trying to say, look, this is a temporary glitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to get it back to normal yep. as soon as possible. Yeah. Because uh, there's a whole host of very negative effects that are, p- are possible out of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which, of course, is cooperation in space. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to see the world turn into a space race, mm-hmm. you know, back to the 60s. Allow stuff like this to, yes, you know. Yeah, so it, look, it is it is uh, interesting times we live in at the moment. So, um, and there've been some speculation about the the uh, astronaut who's up there, um, Mark Van der Hel Van der He. Yes, Van der He, fifty five year old father of two from Texas, living on the ISS since April twenty twenty one. So he's just passed the record of of being the longest person in space, continuously. Yeah. Um, so the astronauts are uh, re- re- was scheduled has been scheduled to return to Earth on a Soyuz capsule on March the thirtieth, together with, 
together for about reset, rewind, and together go. with two cosmonauts. Yes, um, but the concerns of um, of the return have been prevented due to sanctions with the Russian. So basically, the Roscosmos boss he's uh, tweeted some really questionable stuff. Basically, a, a video mo- uh, created to make it look like they're going to abandon. Uh, not only the ISS, but the the astronaut in space. Um, so there's uh, a lot of concern, but they have said uh, no. It's like congratulations, way to make things uglier than they need to be. Yeah, and it was like a, it was a joke. It was an empty threat, <laughs> but it was a joke. But uh, supposedly, but anyway. <laughs> The, the the comment that I always appreciate at this point in time is it's a joke in bad taste. Mm. Yeah, so look, and he's done uh, the Ross Cosmos boss. Uh, that should be show title. Ross Cosmos, Ross Cosmos boss. <laughs> um, he's uh, <laughs> at one word. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, then you can roll your R's right through to the Ross end. Cosmos boss. <laughs> um, he he called the uh, um, American space program broomsticks because it was like oh maybe they can take the broomsticks to the ISS. Um, so and SpaceX um, with their recent test. Uh, they returned one of the reusable um, stages and were referring it to the broomstick, the American broomstick <laughs> themselves. So it's like they're owning it. That's good. Work it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, so the, that's that's good news that... Uh, at the end of the day, hopefully sanity will prevail in at least this area of the world. And correct. Everyone gets a ticket uh, home. So our beloved uh, friend of the show, Elon Musk, has not been making friends in, in Russia. So he's been tweeting at uh, at uh, Vladimir Putin. And Look, uh, at, at its most generous, mm-hmm. it's an attempt to, uh, and this is really generous, uh, it's an attempt to constrain this issue to the egos of a handful of people. Yes. I don't think it falls into that category. I think it's just a publicity stunt. Yeah. And an, an empty mm. publicity stunt that's made secure in the knowledge it will never be taken up. Yeah. No, sorry, Elon. And I hate to say it, but uh, if I had to put money against uh, Vladimir Putin versus uh, Elon Musk, yeah, yeah. I'm not putting anything on Muskie. No. So he, he tweeted, Unless he's allowed to bring a gun into the. A flamethrower, I think, is the thing. So he, 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 he by, probably set himself on fire. Uh, hereby challenge Vladimir Putin to single combat stakes uh, Ukraine, um, to which the uh, Roscosmos boss. Uh, um, Rogozin, um, he said, uh, in in Russian, obviously, you little devil are so yeah. He created a poem, yeah, (laughs) Uh, which I actually thought was quite funny. Compete with me, weak. Uh, It would be a waste of time. Overtake my brother first. In other words, uh, fight my rivals first, and then I'll I'll see you. Correct. So that was uh, from Dmitry Rogozin. Our aforementioned Roscosmos boss. Yes. Um, and so basically then Elon just replied with a, a, a tweet. Bear versus a flamethrower. Vladimir Putin on a bear versus him with a fl- flamethrower. So Still money's on <laughs> Vladimir Putin. So And, and it, it, we're backwards and forwards. So um, um, Rogazin basically spoke about porcelain. Yeah, get off, get off get the plot before, before you. And he said, oh, well, you, you, I tweet, half of my tweets come from the toilet. So nice. You know. Again, humor yeah. in bad taste. I know. <laughs> uh, while still talking Russian uh, ISS, yeah, the, uh, the Russian cosmonauts who just arrived at the ISS were wearing yellow uniforms and, and with blue trim. With blue trim, so usually that's blue, 
Um, Although, again, I think as the Roscosmos boss said, yeah. sometimes yellow is just yellow. Sometimes yellow is just yellow, yes. Um, and they said, look, we just had lots of yellow material left over. So yeah. I would believe that this is probably a... Happy coincidence? Hap- well, no, I, I, I think it's probably them showing that uh, not everybody is in favour of the thing, but doing it in a way that is... Uh, Has plausible, some plausible, plausible deniability. deniability. So, yes. Yeah. So, because usually prior to the uh, docking, they were in blue, the standard blue uniforms that the uh, the cosmonauts usually wear. Yeah. So, he's hoping that it is actually a sign that, uh, you know, the... I think I, I'm still more inclined to believe it's a happy coincidence just purely from the fact that of the lead time required mm-hmm. to get these things done. I don't know that you would have... It's not like they briefed the cosmonauts before they were going and they're going, this is bullshit. Yeah. Um, as a sign of support and solidarity with our Ukrainian brothers, make our uniforms yellow with yeah. blue trim. I'm not sure. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I mean, I would like to think that. Right, yep. I'm just not convinced that that's what's happened. Uh, so the Russian-European ExoMars mission has been suspended due to the uh, Ukrainian invasion. So this is the uh, joint venture between the Russian Space Agency and the European And that's what Space I'm talking Agency. about. This whole idea of uh, there's a whole bunch of unintended uh, consequences that... While everyone's feeling justified now, mm-hmm. it kind of gives lie to the idea that, you know, we're against Putin, not Russia. Yep. And you can turn and say, oh, but well, you know, the Russians are actually doing the fighting, which is true. Mm-hmm. And again, not to drag this into the war, but at the same time, it's this is being driven by a small group of people who want this to happen. Yep. And they're being opposed by another small group of people who want something very different to happen. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there's a very large group of people who have no say one way or the other yep. and just want it to be over, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so, this is the problem that we're kind of confronted with. I mean, I, I take some heart in negotiations because I think that should have happened before this whole thing kicked well, off. There have been a number of negotiations, most of them collapsing, with mm-hmm. nothing being um, the last- Which is the nature of most negotiations. The, the, the last uh, set of uh, demands, uh, six demands, seemed ridiculous um, but the, you know the Turkish uh, intermediary thought it was like four of them were achievable, and I go, mm. well, I don't actually think any of those are achievable. But anyway, that's I'm not the diplomat in the room, so. And this is the difference. It's like there'll be some concessions, I think, on both sides that people on both sides will go, I can't believe you conceded that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, um, what price do you put on? Like, so long as the concessions don't lead to the next. But and that's conflict, and, and that's the thing because I mean there were concessions made when they invaded Crimea and and uh, but both sides believe that the other side broke the agreement. Correct, and and this is the thing. I mean, when you build these sorts of agreements, there needs to be something in there that doesn't then trigger. But who are you going to find who and, are the neutral third parties involved? Yeah, and I mean when Russia are, are, are proposing that Belarus be the third party, and we know well again, it's like you're not really a third party; you're no. basically uh, the friends of the first party. Correct. You know. All right. It's uh, like here are my independent umpires, my brother, <laughs> my cousin. <laughs> yes, <laughs> my best friend from primary school. <laughs> Completely independent. Absolutely. I've known them my entire life and I know how good they are. Uh, So NASA's massive moon rocket has taken an excursion to the launch pad. So this is the Artemis 1 rocket. 
So um, they are preparing for some testing, which will happen in April. This is good. Um, so this this is a it's a long journey. Like a, I mean, space shuttles and all these things take ages to move out from where they're. They obviously feel confident enough in the design mm-hmm. that they're willing to risk uh, the potential damage from moving it. Yep. And they think it's all right. It's not going to crack like an egg. Yep. And we can finally start doing some serious testing about you know, getting it up and running. Yeah, so this is the, the uh, NASA's space launch system. Um, so it's uh, exited the vehicle assembly building for the first time, making its way to the launch pad. On arrival, the engineers will carry out what's known as wet test rehearsal and fill the fuel tanks ahead of the Artemis 1 launch, uh, mission, mission launch scheduled in May. So there's all these tests that will happen in, in April. Uh, and in May uh, this it'll year... It'll actually that, it'll that, do it. That is the plan. And all, all tests going... Uh, with the wet tests and uh, the fact that it's now in the months trending towards weeks mm-hmm. time frame, yep, much better, much more exciting. So this is the most powerful rocket ever ever constructed. So, um, so yes, I don't normally fanboy about stuff like this, but I'm going to fanboy when I see this launch. Yeah, this is going to be super cool. Um, so yes, look, looking forward to it. So, uh, will be good. And part of me thinks it's about bloody time. <laughs> Well, no offense to the other nations around the world that build rockets and launch rockets, but most of those have been geared like they've cut their suits to suit their cloth. Yep. Those are rockets that get satellites in orbit, mm-hmm. get food to a space station. Yep. The uh, occasionally a probe. Yep. There's no, very few people who are capable of launching something that will actually take us to another planet. Well, this is going to the moon, but this is the same system. That well, will sorry, take us- a off Earth body. Yes, so yeah, so but this the same system which go we're going to Mars and and yeah, because uh, they wouldn't have built this with purely the idea no. of because otherwise the Mars would just rebuild a Saturn so, five. And so with with Artemis, Artemis one, but it's all part of that the uh, the Artemis program, which is to basically build a base on the moon. So, um, so yes, in the toing and froing between uh, Obama's Mars mm-hmm. approach and Trump's. Moonshot. Yep. Yep. They've gone, well, <laughs> we've got to go with something. Yeah, and, and, and I think and a moonshot leading to a Mars shot's much more yeah. rational. Yes. Well, it's like baby steps, but huge leaps, baby steps. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but knowing you can still do the thing that you used to be able to do, even though the world has changed. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I guess. I guess, I guess the, the, the... This is a lot be like me going for a walk <laughs> before, <laughs> you know, going for a, a more competitive Correct. run. Yeah. But I think the the re the re uh, calibration, the realignment to to the moon was more yeah, in, in line with that. Well, Mars is a huge step. Let's de-risk and, this. And there are touch. some other benefits of, of having a base on, on the moon because it makes it easier to go to Mars. So. Yeah. Uh, JWS, so the uh, James Webb uh, Space Telescope. That's the other exciting bit. Yes. So, yeah, baby. Um, basically, the the miracle baby continues to deliver. NASA has confirmed that basically all the uh, wind mirrors are aligned, working perfectly. They also released uh, the image um, cleaned up. So we saw the the star that they uh, calibrated on and uh, – they have now released the the cleaned up, uh, the cleaned up shot, and it looks amazing. And everyone basically is is uh, losing their shit, losing their shit over the uh, the. But this, again, this is this is the. It's so exciting that uh, this this has gone better than anyone 
ever hoped or we probably deserve. Correct. <laughs> Even though it had to go this well in order to to work. Okay, so the uh, the new image, the cleaned up image released on, on Wednesday. Um, so uh, not an official scientific observation to see how it's basically was. It it's was an eye just, test. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and basically passed with the uh, flying colors. It said scientists say they were giddy. As they watched the I'd test photo, yeah. I'd be giddy. So, and I guess there's so much science writing on this, on James Webb coming right. So, and they're just like, it's like that next huge leap beyond what Hubble could do. Absolutely. So, and and again, it it it's demonstrating um, when we back ourselves and we build the right instruments, mm-hmm. we get rewarded. <laughs> Correct. You know. Uh, and final story in space before we go to a, uh, another song and station break. An asteroid spotted just two hours before hitting Earth becomes the fifth known Earth impactor. So three-meter asteroid scorched into view and broke through Earth's atmospheres on March 11th um, before possibly landing on off the coast of Iceland. But bear in mind, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny it's, piece it's of rock. One, That's yeah. why we didn't see it. Correct. So below a certain size, it doesn't matter if we don't see them. Yeah, likelihood is it's going to burn up in the atmosphere. If it makes it all the way to the, uh, to the surface, it's It'll going be to be the size small. of a small dog's Correct. head. So. <laughs> Correct. So, uh, yes, that was uh, uh, the other space news. So, now, when I say the fifth known Earth impactor, mm-hmm. are we talking about the fifth this year or are we talking about the fifth ever? Fifth ever, ever that we, I mean, you can look at. They, they find meteorites, and I guess what they can actually say, well, but I think it's. Uh, yeah. The fifth that they saw before it hit. Okay. So, um, and that so doesn't kind of doesn't count if you're only seeing it in the last seconds. No. All right. Uh, so we should do a station break. Let me find a song that I've got on the computer. Um, damn it. Um, yeah. So we got a, we got a song, and uh, we need to do a, uh, do a station break. So we'll do that. Bought that. Here we go. All right. So. Uh, Andrew and I will be back after a station break and a song, song. and we'll, we'll do some of the other stuff we've got queued up. We've got half an hour to go, and we've got so many more stories to do. So we're going gonna to have to pick and choose our stories. So we are. we'll be back in a little while. Uh, make sure I turn it on. Jazz lies on. There we go. And we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back to where we once belong. <laughs> Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> Which is why we're still having technical difficulties. Mm, yeah. Um, no, that was uh, Instamatic versus I Will Battle. So two mashup DJs who yep. uh, put together um, uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot and the Beatles and somebody else as well. Um, yep. With Beatles Got Back. Beatles Got Back. All right. Um, so we need to pick some stories. So I've got technology stories, YouTube experiment. We can probably uh, – <sighs> some a YouTube channel um, tested – uh, the Tesla Model 3 to see whether their automatic braking system, uh, how well it worked. Yep. And so basically they set it up to see whether it would run into the back of a parked car and it worked well. And I compared that to Tesla 3 to the automatic braking system on a Volvo. Mm-hmm. Um, can't remember which Volvo, but uh, so they set it up. Fantastic. Worked fantastic. Uh, the Tesla stopped a little bit further away from the, the, the foam fake car than the Volvo did, but both stopped quite safely. Uh, then they set up a cardboard cutout of Elon Musk doing a, a pedestrian crossing. Both cars stopped perfectly for that. 
And then they uh, said, oh, what about animals? So they had a stuffed kangaroo, as in a toy kangaroo, and the Tesla did fantastically. The Volvo ran over over Skippy. (laughs) And then they got a a Labrador. Um, Both of them ran over the Labrador, a a toy Labrador. So, well, maybe it's not the... It maybe it needs skin and bones, so they actually got a taxidermied cat, and uh, both cars ran over the taxidermied cat. So they're not there yet. Uh, at the end of the video, the guy goes, oh, "Actually, how about we get a cutout of Jeff Bezos and see if that works?" And uh, the Tesla stopped, um, but he said he reversed it and then put the accelerator on and was able to run over the cutout. So you can override the uh, the safety system if you really wanted to. If you want to. If you've got a cardboard cutout of Jeff Bezos in front of you, yes. so, you run them down. But I found that quite uh, quite fun but interesting in terms of how well those systems work. Um, so uh, in other technology news, we've got the hacked TV, uh, Ukraine TV station plays a laughable bad Volodymyr Zelensky, a deep fake. So, um, basically, a deep fake of Volodymyr Zelensky um, telling the uh, Ukrainians to lay down their arms. But it was so bad. It was like the person who uh, was in place of the uh, Ukrainian president was uh, much slimmer. Had a uh, so it looked like his uh, the head was uh, mis- on. misshaped and floating there. The neck was a very skinny. Um, the t-shirt was wrong. It was just it was clearly a bad deepfake. That uh, and so uh, Volodymyr Zelensky said, "Well, this is fake," and everyone's come out saying it's. But I mean, this is, I think, the first evidence of it being used in a warlike um, situation. Oh, for, look for, dis- for misinformation. I can safely say, without fear of contradiction or uh, correction. Yep. This war is going to be studied like no other from the social correct side, if mm-hmm. nothing else. I mean, uh, one army wallowing in, in the mud trying to reach another army is mm. not new. No. But the amount of information warfare that's going on at the moment, yep. both sides, yep. um, definitely will be studied hard. So in other technology uh, and war-related news, the Ukrainians are actually using Clearview facial recognition to uh, help identify Russian assailants and war dead. So this is... Uh, um, it's a grim thing, but I think it's also a necessary thing. Correct. So, um, yeah, making sure the people who are who they say they are, um, people who are getting... Russian soldiers who are being captured are claiming that... A lot of them are claiming that they are... Uh, mechanics or teachers from from the Donbass region, so they said, "Well, all right, let's have a look. We'll, we'll validate that." So, um, but again, this is um, technology stuff that we've spoken about on the show in the past being used in a. And this is the thing. I mean, like this, because I think in many ways the war has confused a lot of traditional analysts. Mm-hmm. They were expecting one set of events on the ground, and they're getting a very different set of events. Yep, and they don't know why. Mm-hmm. And as much as they want to just blame incompetence and lack of planning and a lot of fairly, you know, uh, not implausible (laughs) uh, causes on a lot of this stuff, they're also trying to avoid falling for their own biases to a certain extent. And so it's still surprising them that uh, in some respects, you know, the Russians have done as poorly as they have. Yeah. And they're not sure why. Now, I suspect it boils back to a very age-old... Um, process with the Russian army that uh, if they believed in the cause or their families and lives were being, like their, you know, homes were being threatened, mm-hmm. they fought like lions. 
And if they didn't, if that wasn't true, they just gave up and went home. Yep. Like they don't, you, you can't make them fight. No. If they don't want to. No. And clearly a lot of these guys are just going, this is not my war. Mm-hmm. I am not shooting my brother. Yep. I remember having holidays just over there. Precisely. And that's the thing. They, they, they are, Ukrainians and Russians are are linked through history and through blood. Which is why I think most of the devastation has come from rockets and bombs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because rockets and bombs don't have a... That's right. Like it, it, which mean, people should pay attention to when it comes to things like drones. Yes. You know. Yes. No drone went on holidays in the, the country on the other side of the border. Unless you're that drone that flew from Croatia, lovely trip to Croatia. It's like I just wanted, I just wanted to see the Aegean. <laughs> All right. Uh, so quickly in other news, we've got uh, so the amateur hackers are warned against joining the Ukrainian IT army. So the um, IT Ukrainians have called for for people to help them in their cyber warfare against the Russians. Um, Anonymous has launched a number of attacks against the Russian assets and infrastructure um, to varying degrees of success. They're taking some um, news channels uh, offline. Um, But, uh, yes, governments are actually telling people to be careful because... Well, for a start, you don't know who you're recruiting. Yep. And uh, the people who are doing the recruiting... um, Sorry. The people who are then being recruited mm-hmm. may not necessarily understand where the lines are. Correct. Yes. Yes. So it, it's dangerous. Uh, you don't know what sort of tension you. And so the governments are saying we do not condone you breaking any laws of any type. We don't want cowboys and Correct. crazies here. So be careful. Uh, in other uh, tech news, uh, Netflix have announced they're actually going to be trialing a new technology where they are able to. Stop people from sharing their Netflix passwords. Correct. So basically, they are um, location based. Less and yeah. more. No, no. <laughs> uh, so yes, there's the, they've been long aware of people sharing passwords, uh, either sharing or people stealing other people's passwords and using it. So basically, they're, they're talking. They're rolling out um, to a, a select number of countries at the moment. Um, ability to identify the actual location where the uh, account is held and anything that doesn't meet Which that. Which is kind of funny because, I mean, with people VPNing, how Correct. are you going to pull that off? Well, and that's just it. So basically, if you use the same VPN, then I don't know. So I, there might be a way. That I guess we'll see how well their, their trial goes. Um, in uh, other tech news, um, uh, man- password management, that comes into... Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, what, what's the argument here? So I, mean, argument I always worry when I see it's coming from like so the Guardian the, or something the like Guardian, that. There's an article in The Guardian talking about you should be using a password manager because um, basically a good password, the, the now the recommendation is it's at least 11 characters long, a mix of numerical numbers and ca- special characters, making it very hard to remember passwords. And they said do not. Shit, do not reuse passwords because one gets compromised, you get a whole heap, and then that can. I've heard, been hearing these arguments for 25 years. Correct. And they say, and back 25 years ago, a strong password is a five character password. Um, but with the idea that it was always going to get harder and harder. So a, a, a seven character password, I think, a seven character just numbers, uh, they can crack in within a minute or two. Mm. Um, so they said. By adding going to eleven and a mix of characters and numbers, basically it takes up to like it goes up to about four hundred years. So the best idea I heard for creating a brute a, a great password against brute force, mm-hmm. and to even to a certain extent against um, uh, uh, 
people who would like social study you to try mm-hmm. and work out what your password is, yep. is if you did something like dog, cat, cow, rabbit. Yep. Or even a line from a, a, a poem. Yeah. But you change. With no spaces. Yep. That um, essentially they, uh, because it's now out to like 16 or 17 yep. characters, mm-hmm. well, the brute force approach starts to break down quite Correct. quickly. And that's, and that's so, um, but if you throw in. But the problem is no, um, no password uh, will accept just a, an alpha no. um, password of ex- of so you change 16. you change your A's to fours you change your E's to threes and but all this that is the thing yeah. I mean you know you then have to remember which letters are changed correct now true you only have to change one yep so but but the thing is you throw in the, the also the additional requirement of having to update your passwords every x amount of months or and whatever. the problem with that of course is that you may have like it's like I can I can't remember or I can remember what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with passwords in general is they fly in the face of human beings. Yep. Basic behavior. Yep. And it's not enough just to turn around and say, make them longer, make them harder, or mm. even use a password manager. Because while the password manager is fine, if you forget the password to the password manager, then you're, screwed. Then you're in a similar boat to you would be otherwise. But then, then there's always the option of resetting your password and it goes to your email and then there's the, the two-step authentic. There are ways and means now that are quite acceptable to making your resetting your password quite easy. And a lot of, yeah. a lot of places have gone to just forget the password. You want to log in, we will send you a text message because they know you need to have the phone. And so. here is the thing. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, just consider this your CSA about password, good yes. pass, password practices. Uh, Boston Dynamics, last story in tech. It's 11 past um, 12. 12. We need to do some of the miscellaneous stuff that we promised we'll do. Uh, Boston Dynamics, basically, they've given up on the idea of using their robotic dogs in the police force because the New York public were against that. Horrified. The, but the, uh, the fire department have actually said they have uh, signed a contract with Boston Dynamics and they will be looking at using these. I haven't used them yet, but they will be looking at using these in, in certain dangerous situations. Like so, fire dogs. Correct. So like being able to send them in to determine if there's human beings. Yeah. So Thus, you can send a robot to do the dangerous checking, yes. saving the humans for the actual R- rescue and interaction. Or if you can build some form of uh, gripping Correct. Uh, claw attachment and, that can actually successfully grab a victim. And drag, and perhaps. The, but, yeah. yeah. If they're unconscious or whatever. So, or lead them out or if it's dark. And the smoking. Boston Dynamics dog will not be uh, hampered by being on fire. No. I mean, a circuitry might, but it's like less, but it less than a human. Pain. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, that, that was an interesting development. So, all right. Uh, so, quickly, some two, uh, two entertainment stories I just... Uh, USA Eurovision, basically there's going to be a Eurovision for the USA state versus state. Okay. And they've announced all the contestants for each of the states. So that was an interesting article. I go, I don't think this will work. But anyway, it's because it doesn't have the same sort of history or whatever. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I think you underestimate the amount of conflict that well, exists and, so, between so, well, states. And, and this article actually talks about who the rival states are. So it talks about Alabama, and Alabama will hate Florida because of the, the football rivalry and stuff like that. So. There are enough internal rivalries that I suspect actually will be So that, that will be interesting to see if that goes. So I'll look, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on that to see how it goes. Because um, you're a tragic. But I, I am a, a Eurovision tragic. And the other story was uh, a story in the ABC which basically talks about the use of the kookaburra in film and how pre- 
prevalent it is and how it has the ability of taking, especially Australians, out of the experience. Because we know what a kookaburra sounds like. We know like. what a kookaburra sounds like. And when we uh, a scene is supposed to be in Peru or, or the jungles of, of Africa and you hear, you a, kookaburra, hear a kookaburra, that's wrong. So and it takes you out even more so than bad, bad DC CGI. Bad DC CGI. <laughs> I love how you like stick that yeah. stick that pin in any opportunity I get. All right, so we should probably do a station uh, another uh, station break song and come back and maybe just do finish one. off very quickly. Correct. So, well, um, bu- should, yeah. um, actually, I'll just do the station break and we'll do the song at the end. So cool. Uh, so back in a little while. Oh, we're back. <laughs> very back. Gosh, this this system. All right, so uh, just very quickly, we'll do some of these other stories that we promised we'd do at the start. Yes. Um, so what have we got in the miscellaneous category? We've got quantum hair. Quantum hair. What is quantum hair? So quantum hair is is uh, uh, there's a paradox of basically um, the quantum hair is what they believe will distinguish one black hole from another because um, there's a theory, the paradox that said basically if – Two black holes had exactly the same mass, and uh, they would be indistinguishable from one another. So, um, so they would emit, emit the same radiation. Correct. Yeah. Um, so, uh, physicists may have solved the uh, universe's most troubling paradox by discovering that black holes are not entirely featureless. So, basically, it talks about the stuff that gets sucked into them actually has a, a characteristics, and so basically, they say this is the the hair. Um, for want of a better 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 word, um, and it is basically created by the. So uh, even black holes are what they eat. Yes. <laughs> so and I couldn't pass up the idea of a hairy black hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a characteristic called quantum hair. Such a revolution could finally resolve the black hole information paradox proposed by Stephen Hawking back in the 1970s, and may help connect the theories of general relativity and quantum mechanics. So basically it's says- quite hard. <laughs> exa- very hard. But basically it says that the, the gravitational uh, waves created as matter is being sucked in, so each, each particle of matter will have its own distinct characteristic- and that itself will have will exist beyond the event horizon, and will be, have uh, will make this black hole different from any other black hole. So it'll be I picture it as guess who. So even though if it's guess who and the faces look exactly the same, the hair will be different. Yeah. Because of the matter that's dragged in, even if it has the same amount of material, the same types of material being sucked in, and have theoretically exactly the same mass and all the Quantitatively, other Quantitatively, they'll be the same in all things except this. Correct. So, because of the unique gravitational waves created as this particle- Of being, the things they've eaten. Correct. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's to be tested, but basically, I think this is actually- um, Again, it's, it's more attempts to unravel, no pun intended- um, another mystery of the universe, yep. and at the same time, then maybe connect up pieces that we believe are true, yep. but we don't have uh, bridges between. Yes, and by extension, then we can't speculate what exists between those two correct bodies of knowledge because mm-hmm. we haven't got that connection. Now, how we would how we would uh, get the information out, out about the quantum here? I don't know. It's, it's another problem. Another problem. <laughs> problems are not problems. They're opportunities. Uh, nice. 
very, at least in this space. Pessimist, uh, very uh, optimistic of you. Yes. Um, if you have the right will. <laughs> uh, daylight savings? Yes, the US Senate decides that uh, they're going to make daylight savings permanent in the US. Correct. So basically shifting their entire year to daylight savings times. So... It kind of is stupid because it defeats the purpose of daylight saving it, in the first place. Well, not really. Basically, it, it basically shifts. You might as well have not daylight saving. It shifts the entire day. So, forward an hour. Forward an hour. So, basically, it recognizes the fact that more people uh, want daylight at the end of the day than at the start of the day. So, in uh, daylight at the start of the day is wasted because people, a lot of people still asleep. Um, and look, having lived in America, Walking to kids to the bus stop at six in the morning and it's being pitch, pitch black is like ridiculous, um, and and like UK is like oh yeah four I mean, o'clock it's it's dark yes and you, I mean you still want to be sightseeing but the thing is like um, it's also equally stupid that at um, eleven o'clock at night it's bright sunshine still outside yeah. in the UK yep nothing will change. Well, it it just shifts the 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 operation of of the day. So your business hours are you keep the same business hours, except you have more daylight at the end of the day. So that's that's the idea. And so this is something that the, that the U.S. the federal government, the Senate has passed. It still hasn't undergone the presidential approval. Yes. Um, so this is not by any measure done deal um, even Nancy Pelosi and a few other people haven't commented about it because they don't know how they feel about it um, I give this piece of legislation a one hmm, hmm. <laughs> so it'll, but it's been all over the news so basically yeah. um, and it the problem is for me it removes the uh, time from what is is like my, noon is when the day the sun is the highest and the it's the middle of the day. The middle of the day was the sun's directly above. So it removes um, that connection, the, the, the concept of time. And look, largely that's been removed in most parts of a time zone because we've gone to a universal time because we need to operate as a nation rather than a town. So once yes. you have once you have railway lines, and we've spoken about this before, railway lines largely drove the and ships. You, the, the, correct. So drove the um, standardization of time. So. Yes, ships ships created the concept of time so that they could navigate mm-hmm. in something that's featureless. Yep, and trains made it that it needed to match so that Correct. people could <laughs> people had some expectation of how long things took. Correct. So in most time zones, there is probably only a very thin line when noon is actually when the sun is at the highest part of us. So we, we've come to accept that. I guess if this does go forward, it'll just be a matter of time when everyone just accepts, well, well it'll be what it'll the be. sun's the highest at, at one o'clock in the afternoon. So it's all arbitrary anyway. It is. It's all arbitrary. And what else we got? Finally. In general. We've doors. Doors. Or wheels. Are there more doors or are there more wheels in the world? So I didn't know this was a thing. I, had, I didn't know this was a thing until had, suddenly someone asked me. Uh, hmm. uh, I, I saw a reference to it. And then later on in the day, I was having dinner at a friend's place mm-hmm. and their daughter asked me, doors or wheels? Yeah. Who do you think there's more of? So this is the current Yarny versus uh, Laurel or red dress, well, blue dress or, or grey dress, whatever it yeah. was. So, um, so yes. Uh, and that's more of a, 
It's it's another belly rub idea. Yeah. At least there's a potentiality for estimating it. Well, and the thing is, it, it, largely all the discussion I've seen is basically comes down to what your definition is. So what is a wheel? What is a door? They're saying, oh, a car will have four doors and four wheels, so it's about the same. But then you get the glove box, that's a door. Oh, is it a door? Is it just... What about the spare wheel? Yeah, what, what about, about the steering wheel? What about wheel? the hatches? And yeah, what about the cylinders? And all, and all these wheels in the, the gears. Well, is a gear a wheel? I don't know. Well, yeah, it's and like, the shaft. And, and it, or like, or watches have wheels. Well, most watches nowadays aren't, aren't mechanical. They're electrical. And yeah. so, what about all the clocks? Well, and that's just it. So it's a matter of, well, and then I've seen the debate go into, well, actually, um, bacteria use the, the um, uh, wheel-type um, uh, mechanism to propel themselves. Well, that's not really a wheel. Or what about all the valves and, and every cell has doors? I go, well, the valves aren't doors. It's a dumb debate. It is a dumb debate. I say pick a side, hold to that side, don't let anyone convince you you're wrong, but don't <laughs> waste any time convincing anyone else. Uh, I would say... Just say you've got a position and you can say, doors, and then walk out the room. <laughs> define it for me. No, I'm not... I'm not. Don't know, don't care. <laughs> all, I'm just saying... It all depends on your definition. I'm on team... I'm well, on team wheels. A pers- <laughs> apparently the person who started... I'll roll with it. <laughs> Uh, apparently the person who started this uh, one New Zealander called Ryan Nixon uh, put up a poll after he asked the question and he said uh, wheels actually 53.6% uh, ahead of doors 46.4% wonderful yep. that is as meaningless a statistic as is possible to get uh, yes. technically correct functionally useless yes um, uh, and there are a couple other stories. We could probably do one or two in the in the five minutes we've got left. <laughs> um, do you wear shoes inside the house? I do. Yeah, me too. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I will be cleaning my house though. <laughs> <laughs> but I was doing that before I read this article. Uh, so basically there was a study actually goes into whether you should or shouldn't wear shoes in the house. Um, the amount of stuff that gets dragged into the house on the bottom of your shoes is actually quite disturbing. Um, Only if you look. Only if you look. So ignorance is bliss. Exactly. So it's like looking at the germ content on your uh, countertop. Mm. Don't right. don't do these things. Don't bring that that uh, blue light into my house. Exactly. I don't want to know. Yeah. I really don't. It's like uh, there's enough of the world that's trying to kill me one way or another, yep. back to, bacterially, mm. for me not to waste time. What's going on at the bottom of my feet? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Look, I understand if you're on a farm and you're, you're yeah, but you don't again, bring your muddy boots into the house. But that's a, that's a, a like one of the things I learned when I was overseas in places, you know, mm-hmm. for, for, for <laughs> former wars. Yeah. Um, that the the particular mud that occurs in the Middle East when the rain lands mm-hmm. is this this weird substance that clogs like it's like fondue. And you end up like stepping on it and it starts to pack mm-hmm. and starts to like basically you get heels. Yep. And so you track it in. You're trying hard not to, but yep. you, you inevitably bring it into you wherever you are. And it dries and it turns into this really fine dust, mm-hmm. which is really annoying because it gets everywhere. Yep. In that instance, it makes sense. You know, there should be a portal. Yep. You leave it. You, but then it's these are sort of things you might as well just strip down, put on inside clothes. <laughs> yep pull on inside shoes and then go inside. Mm-hmm. 
and then reverse the process going the other you way. You need one of those detox chambers in, exactly. the, in, in the foyer. And I look, that's why foyers were largely a place where oh. you you disrobed to the acceptable level of... Well, again, because, I mean, most for most of history, uh, most roads were dirt roads mm-hmm. and most people walked. Yes. Yep. So, no... That already solved this problem. Yep. So I don't care about it. Yep. No, okay. <laughs> oh, look, I'm... I'm yeah. I'm, I'm you know what I mean. I'm, I'll, look, we might be wheels versus doors, but we're both... We're both inside. very much shoes inside. Yeah. Uh, Americans vastly overestimate the size of minority groups, a poll has found. From the point of view of these people are trying to take over your life? In terms of how many, how large a population do they think are, say, um, bisexual or gay or Muslim or... Or uh, Jewish, or do they distinguish between those people who are happy to see them and those people who hate them? Uh, no, so it doesn't matter. So, okay. so for examples, they use um, they estimate about twenty seven percent of the their population is Muslim. It's it's one percent. <laughs> their Jewish population percentage is thirty percent. Oh my god! Uh, it's actually two percent. Um, that they believe that uh, the proportion of uh, sexual minorities are gay and lesbian, 30% estimate. It's actually 3%. Uh, bisexual, 29% is their estimate. Uh, it's 4%. And people who are transgender, 21%. 21% transgender. That's what they say. Uh, it's 0.6%. So, Holy snapping. And, and, <laughs> yes. And likewise with, um, uh, uh, they say, they believe it's 52% black. More like twelve percent, and uh, and similarly with uh, um, non-black Americans, estimate thirty-nine percent black. Uh, black. So they do understand that, and Im- immigrants as well. Is basically, it's like these things don't add up. You can't have twenty-seven uh, percent gay, and uh, so what? Say thirty percent gay, twenty-nine percent bisexual, and twenty-one percent transgender. I mean that that leaves you. Either, no. no, no, no. See, this is the thing. I think what you're talking about here is your estimate is if they had to pick a number of a group, like if they have to estimate a percentage yep. that a group that is being named occupies, yep. they default to 30%. Yep. About that, yeah. Roughly. And then I say, well, actually, there's probably fewer transgenders. And- they may tweak the number a bit, but they're essentially going, they're a sizable group in the population. Yeah. Because they just don't know. Oh, and it's all over but they're the news. not a majority. And it's all over the news. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so hence they always fall for thirty yeah. percent. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. That, that makes sense. One final story. Twelve twenty-eight. Uh, in April, um, April twenty-fourth, there's going to be a two pilots are going to try to swap planes midair. Sounds like two dead people to so me. So this, this is a Red Bull thing. We've mentioned Red Bull in the past. Okay, yep. When um, Felix Baumgartner jumped from the uh, first guy to jump from space. Yeah. Um, so this is going to be the first attempted uh, swapping of planes. Basically, this is a... Um, okay, I have a question. Go. Will these two planes be independent of each other? Yes. So two... So separate. they won't be bolted together. Nope. They won't be affixed. No. Nope. They won't be one plane, essentially two cockpits. So Red Bull have released a... Cockpits? Cockpits. Cockpits. <laughs> Uh, so this is uh, two planes will enter a dive at the same time. The two the two pilots will skydive out of their plane and fly into the other person's plane and then take control of the plane. So uh, this is a first time Which ever. Idiot approved this. It's Red Bull. So oh my um, god! Obviously, so Red Bull gives you stupidity. Pilots are actually cousins. Luke Aikens. That and will not matter. Andy Farrington. 
uh, and they're going to try it's something. It's not like the planes go, oh, yeah, you're a close uh, genetic relative of uh, <laughs> my pilot, so I'll let you in. Yeah, so uh, so they're going to pilot their plane. Authorization accepted. Altitude of 14,000 feet. Um, and at that point, they'll basically place the bo- the, both planes in a vertical dive and exit their own plane and fly over to the other person's plane. So it will keep you posted on how this goes. This is, so April 24th is so a month, a month from now. Man, this is an April 1st story. So there, there's a trailer, there's a website. It's it's Check it out. So it is... Uh, it's twelve thirty. It is twelve thirty. Andrew, thank you very much for uh, this mad Another show that's show been three hundred three hundred and thirteen. Uh, thank you to Marie and Reg and Michelle who chimed in during the show. Indeed, uh, to all people listening uh, now and in the future. Now and in the future. Thank you very much. Um, check us out, um, and uh, we should, uh, despite our minor technical difficulties, because we are old men. Yes, so I'm going to put this on auto and whatever it plays, it plays. I'm, I'm not going to care about it anymore. So It just needs to play. That's all that matters. And keep loading up the songs. Yes, so I'm hoping that this works. All right, good night. Good night. 30 seconds. Ignition sequence start. We've got a roll program. It's not rocket surgery. The latest in science, technology, and geek culture. Astronauts report it feels good. Sunday nights from 10.30. Broadcast and streaming live. Podcast at all the usual podcast places. Follow and like us on Facebook and on Twitter at RCKTSRGRY. Uh, here's the we've had a problem. Computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. The ankle has landed. Hello, greetings, and good day. My name is Keith Gala, and I'm the host of That Was Great, wasn't it? Each week, I'll be joined by my friends, both old and new, to reminisce on our youth via the nostalgic power of Saturday morning cartoons. Some will be classics, some will be classic with air quotes, but all of us pondering the same philosophical conundrum. That was great, wasn't it? Season one will be breaking down Pro Stars. Pro Stars is part of NBC's 1991 Saturday morning lineup and feature the all-time greats of Michael Jordan, Bo Jackson, and Wayne Gretzky doing their best to stop bad guys, inspire the youth, and protect the environment. Keep up the speed with the show by following us on Twitter and Instagram at How Great Was That? And subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Do you love podcasts? Do you love trivia? Well, let me tell you about my new trivia podcast, the smartest podcast on the planet, hosted by that guy, Chad. I have scoured the internet looking for content creators willing to step into my trivia battleground to fight head-to-head to prove to them and their loyal followers that they are the smartest if only until the next episode comes out. Tune in spring of 2022 to hear what happens when podcasters, influencers, YouTubers are forced to navigate my gauntlet of useless information. Head over to smartestpod.com. That's smartestpod.com. Get all the details you could ever want and more. And if you're wondering if the smartest podcast on the planet hosted by me is any good, no, it's not. It's fucking awesome. The smartest podcast on the planet is not actually the smartest podcast on the planet, but it is the smartest podcast on the planet hosted by that guy, Chad, and is also a proud member of the Podfix Network. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. 
Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up to the minute network shenanigans by following at podfix on Twitter, official underscore podfix on Instagram, at podfix network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.